Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Can't, can't, can't make the man waver. 
You know, he ain't gonna flinch. Anyway, he ain't gonna be the first yeah. to flinch. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like Mike. I'm like Mike. I'm not looking at Roethlisberger. Don't look at me. Don't stand by me. Okay. Man, I, I'm keep my eyes on the field. I, I'm feeling your pain a little bit. I'm feeling your pain a little bit, man. I'm coming off a rough fantasy football weekend. I'm in four leagues and I lost in all of them. So wow. you know, when I was listening to the intro and you know when John L when John L was like, "Keep your chin up, smile, smile." I'm like, "Yeah, man, I know it's hard." <laughs> I like that. Okay, I got you. I'm trying to get my chin up, you know. Oh man, <laughs> rounding out. The, the triangle offense that we run here at RSG, I got my man 100 grand. Phil T, the sports PhD, what's happening, Captain? In the words of Vince Lombardi, winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. After three weeks of fantasy football in my three leagues, I stand 8-1. and one. That's it. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> this guy. So, we in the house. We got another slamming show for you all. You're listening to Real Sports Guys, RSD, Gay Radio, RealSportsGuys.com. So, this is a part of the show, the intro to let them know where we break down everything that we're going to try and get to in tonight's action. So, let's go ahead and jump right into that. Uh, to start out the show, we're going to give a quick fantasy football week three recap. Each of us is kind of going to go through here. Some hot matchups. I went against both of the guys this week. As I told you, I went all four this week, so I lost both of my uh, cohorts here tonight on air with me. So they got some gloating to do. I got some some lick, wounds to lick. So it's, uh, it, it's an ugly scene for the game changer tonight. For the other guys, for PhD, for D-Wheels, they get to throw their hands up do a little touchdown dance, all right? They get to celebrate. So we're going to let them celebrate, let them have their moment, and, and keep it moving. After that, we're going to get to the funky editorial. Started from the bottom. Now they're here. Which over 3 team has the best in picking the playoffs in the NFL? So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that real quick, all right? Then we're going to get into our NFL Week 3 recap. We're going to talk about the Trent Richardson trade. Um, we're going to go through our week, week three pick em recap, give you our new information, our impressive performance, and then pick our games for week four in the NFL. After that, you know, around 930, 9.35, we'll hit you off with some NCAA football talk, give you our early season hygiene and watch lists, uh, talk about the NCAA, thinking about being a little, easing up on Penn State a little bit, you know. feel like they came down a little hard, Mark Emmert and, and the folks, that the NCAA office is feeling like, you know, Penn State's the only one to do. We might ease up a little bit. So we're going to get into that, um, talk about, you know, potential ramifications and whether or not they should be easing up. We'll talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to hit you with our NCAA uh, pick em picks this week. we got Wisconsin at Ohio State and uh, LSU at UGA. So we're going to get into some Big Ten and some SEC football. And then we're going to hit you off with the dog of the week. So, you know, we're going to keep it rolling, as we always do. For my man, Ph.D., I want to hit you up with this clip. You and D. Wills, before y'all start gloating, I just I, <laughs> I had to bring in somebody to give y'all a little advice on just winning and everything. So just listen for a moment. Hey, Mom, Billy, I got a different set of rules of my own. You want to hear them? Here they go. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you're up first. I'll just say this. Marcus and I played in fantasy football this week, and I won. And I'll just leave it at that because this is one of my best friends, and I'm just not going to put you out there um, and go through the excruciating blows of uh, everything, including the score. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, it was was not good. It was not good. And see, in this particular league, you know – I have a team. Trent Richardson was my number one pick. And the trade, though it, it, I think it's going to benefit me long term, the short term it did not help me at all. Um, between Trent Richardson and Hakeem Nix, um, you know, if anybody sees Hakeem Nix, um, tell him to report to the Giants facilities as soon as possible. <laughs> um, he was missing that. Missing in action. So between those two cats, man, you really put a damper. On, on what I thought would be a good week uh, for my squad. And, and, and PhD, hats off to him, man. His guys showed up and showed out. You know, they represented. The owner was there. PhD, you know, he had me in the owner's box. He was home team. He had me up in the owner's box. He was hosting. You know, we had the champagne and everything out. Man, he just he just grinning the whole game, just grinning the whole game. <laughs> you know, I'm just taking shout out to Scott, man. Just, just to give the <laughs> listeners an idea, um, So, uh, my team consisted of just, you know, my top players would be Tom Brady, the Chicago defense. Um, Let's see, Calvin Johnson had a stellar week. Uh, And then for you, you had Matt Stafford. um, And then Eric Decker gave you your best weeks. But but you had a tough go with with Hakeem Nix. I mean, whenever, you know, your top receiver doesn't give you anything – I mean that's that's gonna be tough going in. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, do you think you would have made any different moves? Uh, would I have made any different moves? Let me let me let me pull up my roster real quick. Just look how things played out last week. Um I don't think you know, I don't think there was a move to make. My all my guys just sucked. <laughs> I mean I could have I could have threw Ro- the only guy on my bench who really did anything was Romo. Uh, I mean, I could have put Golden Tate in, but I mean, Hakeem Nix over Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate was going yeah. against Jacksonville. You know, I don't know. It, 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 Hakeem Nix had been playing pretty well to that point. So, you know, yeah, there's not much I would have done. Again, my running back stunk. I had no Sean Marino and Chris Johnson going for me. Johnson had a decent game. This isn't a PPR yeah. league. That's the other thing about this league is that. You know, yardage is a premium and touchdowns. You got to have guys that get in the end zone. And Richardson got in the end zone. I got Ben Jarvis Green Ellis on my bench. He got in the end zone. But neither one of them had any great no, – no, nobody on my team had any great yardage. None of the running backs I have. And none of my receivers had any great yardage games except for Decker. So it's just one of those weeks, man, where you got to chalk it up. You know, I got to chalk it up. You know, in all my leagues, I kind of have a similar – I kind of have similar pieces on all my teams. So when they stink all together – it's going to usually be a bad week. But when they're good, then usually I got a chance of winning um, in most of my leagues. And it's just, it just didn't play out that well for me. Um, my fantasy nugget you know, out there for the listeners, my fantasy nugget is Percy Harvin. Um, if he's still out there, grab him up. Uh, assuming that, you know, you have, like, you start out 2-1, and 3-0, and oh, even 1-2. and two, 
think about Percy Harvin, man, because uh, all reports is that he's progressing well and he might be back around week seven, eight, or nine. And, you know, after a week or two, after he gets back, he might be in a wide receiver one type of situation. So uh, if you have the flexibility to stash the guy, do it. Good, good fantasy pickup. Good fantasy pickup right there. A little advice from uh, PhD. Now, I also faced off against D. Wills. All right, I went against my man D. Wills, and he got me too. And this one wasn't close either. Phil T. got me about 40 points or so. D. Wills got me about 23 points. It just was not a good week for the game changer. You know, in the matchup I had with D. Wills, I had LaShawn McCoy who balled out. But then I had Mike Vick. Now, in this league, you get deducted points for sacks, for your quarterback getting sacked. And Vic got sacked six times. So even though he had two 200 passing yards, threw two picks, and fumbled once, he still had 99 rushing yards, which would have been, in most leagues, you know, additional nine points. But the six sacks, they kind of cancel each other out. So that was a wise. Vic only gave me about 12 points, you know. And Randall Cobb didn't get in the end zone. He had, you know, a couple catches, 54 yards. Decker balled again. Um... I had James Starks, you know, he ran for a little bit and then hurt his knee, so then he was gone. So it just it just was a bad week for the game change all the way around, man. Just just one of those weeks where you're going to chalk it up and say, you know, we're going to dust off our wounds, we're going to learn from our mistakes, and we're going to move on. You know, that's what you got to do. D. Wills, how do you feel about your team's performance? Nothing to say. All right. <laughs> He's going to let his team do all the talking. So, so well, I, 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 I was hitting up on it because I, you know, I was just listening to your conversation. I'm also a big proponent of fool's gold. So, yeah, I beat you. I will have to give a shout-out to my boy Hamilton, the guru from K-Zoo. Because Cecil Short, I'm just, <laughs> Cecil Short went for 16 points. See, so he says Cecil, I got Cecil. If you got Cecil Short out there, you better go get him. Uh, he came out. Seattle's defense, boy, we're going to talk about Seattle. Seattle's defense, Seattle's defenses, they mean like the old Portland Trailblazers mean. mean like, they don't beat you in the field of play. They might beat you up in the parking lot. They got me 11. Right. But Terry got right. me 11 in that game. Adrian Peterson just did his 17. But Kaepernick, you know, I went for the Kaepernick. When I did my strategy across three leagues, I said, I'm, I'm going to try and get as much as I can to say, but I'm rolling the dice. I'm going for it all. Kaepernick came out first week and crushed it. And he's slipping. He got me three points. But the other folks picked it up. Yeah, I beat you, but I'm not going to feel good about it. Now, I am 72 in my three leagues. Uh, I, you know, um, the league that we're all in together, I was averaging about 130 points. And then this week I got like 60, uh, Kaepernick again. Uh, so I'm going to have to make some adjustments. But I'm going for the title. I'm getting the title here. It, you know, all I did the game changer just let him know this is this is kind of this league this league that we in with this one is kind of like the old ACC under the old NCAA rules. We play for a trophy, and there's even a last place trophy. It's like old school. It ain't really not, no other kind of benefit you get. What you do is you get to carry the trophy home. And I want winners. And this is like this is like just a basic raw. Yeah, so you got some. You got some people who ball so hard, whatever they crazy, and, and and so to be with a guy like this, and go undefeated, I feel good. I feel like uh, I've accomplished something this week, but I'm not satisfied. 
I'm not. All right, all right. You know, like I said, I got, know, my time, okay. I got my time on hat on. I'm not satisfied. So, we're going to check here. And I know you're coming back again. I know you're coming back again. Oh, yeah, I'm coming back. I, I'm not sweating. Like I said, we're going to regroup. We're going to look at the tape, um, you know, get back in the classroom, get back on the field, and try to clean up some of the areas we're struggling in and, and get rid of some of the penalties and some of the no-shows. And we're going to be back at it, you know. I'm a perennial yeah, I'm playoff team. I'm, 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 I'm I mean, okay, Mike Tomlin. He got, he, got, he, got a little, he got a little swag going. Like, he's been talking for like a year now. We got yeah, to yeah, get Mike Tomlin. Yeah, he's on the road, man. <laughs> he ain't getting his red drying on. He's getting his red drying on. <laughs> <laughs> he got, he got, he got, he got, he got like, big manny calling the place, boss. You know, everybody's on his back with messed up. No, you know what? <laughs> now he's just killing people. Ground and pound, baby. Ground and pound. He in a zone in all sports. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, 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 he's he's it's like you yeah, must be running some regression analysis using using your your your, your all this training you getting. You must be running some regression analysis. You doing something behind the scenes up there that's making your stuff go. I'm gonna figure it out. Hey, this, this is this is PAC swag right now. This yeah, is PAC swag right. Now. You going to figure out the run and shoot? And I'm gonna be on the spread. I'm gonna be on the pistol. You go right on the head. <laughs> Yeah, BAD coming everybody like this. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how PAD is coming with it, right? <laughs> Fantasy football and basketball, man. <laughs> he wants to eat saying, people's children. This is a cat that don't talk a lot. He talk trash sometimes. But he ain't really a trash talker. But something happened over this last year. It did. It, it did. all the way out. It huh? did. You know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't even feel comfortable. I mean, when Marcus set me up for this segment, I was just like, I'm better than this. I'm just going to take the high road. I'm going to be developmental. You know, Marcus <laughs> will move. will move since you were made. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, man. I just, you know, I'll be fine all of a sudden. Hey, guys, I just want to remind you, I beat y'all fantasy football. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm dealing with it, and uh, you know, I'm trying to get back to the best me. Hey. All right, man. All right, holler at your pastor. Holler at your pastor. Oh <laughs> uh, man, so we gonna get into the week three action. You listen to the real sports guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG Renegade Radio. We gonna hit you off with our week three recap. Uh, first thing we want to get into in our recap of the week three action in the NFL is the Trent Richardson trade, which dropped off at about Wednesday. Popped off on Wednesday. The trade was announced. I immediately ran to my computer like, oh, snap, but what am I going to do? <laughs> this is my star running back, you know, and he's getting chipped in the middle of the season, which rarely happens. So this is an interesting move for a lot of reasons. You have uh, as a number three overall pick in his second year being dealt. Um, you also have an in-season trade. So there's a lot of specialness, for lack of a better term, about this particular trade. What were your immediate impressions of the trade, PhD? I was really surprised. Um, I'm actually in Cleveland, and probably a, less than a minute after USA Today posted it, um, I was getting texts. And I couldn't hardly believe it. You know, I thought I was a, 
a prank. Good friend from college, Daryl Lynn Smith, uh, texted me like, man, the Browns traded their best player. And so, obviously, it took me a few minutes to figure out who that is. Is that Joe Thomas? Is that Richardson? I didn't know. I figured out it was Richardson. It's just odd, you know, to see trades during the season and then to see one, you know, where a team moves their, you know, arguably their best player, um, their best offensive player, um, or at least one of their best players in the middle of the season. And, you know, part of that has to do with the contract structures. Um, I haven't looked inside this deal quite yet, um, but typically – uh, you know, if a team doesn't make a move, um, it's traditionally the team, uh, such as the Brown in the situations, they're like they're still stuck with a signing bonus, uh, and that counts against their cap for the next few years or however long Richardson has left on his uh, initial rookie contract. So, um, I was surprised to see it, but to me, to me, my hat went off to Indianapolis because they're figuring out that they want to that they have a good team. That they made the playoffs, they're ahead of the plan um, with a new, like with a young quarterback. And to me, this is a sign of a of an organization doing what they need to do to put the best product out there. And you know, they have an Andrew Luck, and now they're putting him, you know, with the guy that was picked third in that same draft. So uh, I think it was a great move. Um, I think for the Brown situation, I like the move. You're able to get a first round pick back and running backs taken in the first round uh that value has dropped quite a bit just over the last 24 months um or even less than that the 14 15 months since richardson was picked so um you know i actually liked it um for the browns to get a first round pick but then it comes back to okay you have all these assets but what you gonna do with it (laughs) and what is history shown that you all have done with these picks so, as a somewhat Cleveland Brown fan who goes to a couple of home games each year, um, it's a little disappointing to see them kind of quit after two weeks, management. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like optimistic. Uh, I'm optimistic about the situation. And then those true blue Brown fans um, that I see almost on a daily basis, they have to be the most loyal fan base that I've ever been around, especially considering how little that they get rewarded. And so it's tough to be two or three weeks into the season knowing that you got to wait till next year to see if your team going to be anything. Yeah, and, that, and I, I imagine that's got to be tough for a fan base to really stomach because it does seem like the organization is throwing in the towel on this season. Um, that's also got to be hard on the cats in the locker room, man. Uh, you know, getting out there every day, going to battle, and you just feel like, this, you know, everybody's looking ahead to next year. You know, and, and football, you know, NFL stands for not for long. And so for a lot of these guys, your shelf life is real. It's real and it's definitely finite. And so, you know, they don't they don't have, you know, the organization can, can will be around for 20, 30 years. But these guys won't be playing that long. So it, that, that, that's tough. That's a tough sell in the locker room, and I think it's a tough sell for the fans. And it takes a lot of trust in the organization for the fans to really swallow that pill. I want to flip it over and look at the other side of the coin, D. Wills. D.A.D. kind of hit on a little bit. Indianapolis, how do you feel like this trade really helps them? Yeah, I, you know, I thought about this last night. I was watching Peyton Manning doing his thing and then reflecting on how uh, the Colts uh, played. You, you rarely have a situation that works out for everyone. And 
this has. And, and you know, it, you have to give you take your hat off to Ursay. I mean, he pretty much just wiped out his lead. He could, you know, pull in. I mean, cleaned it out, and it took a lot of criticism. But the proof is in the pudding. I mean, every move they made from the selection of their coach, how they've handled transitions when uh, their coach was sick and handled it in that transition, how they've handled luck and, and built around and let them just play to this trade. And so, um, you know, this is just, I mean, it's one of those franchises that you have to say, you know, we start talking about, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 New England, we talk about Pittsburgh sometimes. These, but you have to talk about Indianapolis being a franchise that just makes solid moves. And, I mean, this is one that's got handed to them. But I think it's going to work well. I mean, you have a quarterback who's already shown that he can play well without a very solid running game. Now you give him a guy who I think is, you know, that poor man's version of Peterson. I mean, this this is a guy who moves the pile, who runs hard, who you put him with luck and he's getting to go. I mean, like I think you're right in your fantasy world, you go, it's going to pay off long run. Um, I just think it's a great move for them. And he's the kind of guy that helps a defense because he moves the chains. So now he makes your defense better. Because not only do you have a young quarterback who can move it around, but you got a young running back who runs hard, can get those tough third and twos. So, you know, you're in a situation that looks like passing. You give it to him, he'll run it. He can catch out the backfield. So I just think for Indianapolis, I mean, they get scary. And you think, how can this young team really be a threat? But you got to take them seriously at the AFC. You just think about, you know, what we got left in the AFC. I mean, they, they are a contender. They're definitely a contender, and I think Richardson gives them a, a dynamic and, and an element that really, I mean, when you look at it, they just got two of the top three players in the, in, in the last draft. Um, yes. In last year's draft, which is a gift for any organization. Um, now you can have Richardson and, and Andrew Luck grow together. Um, I think it's a big get for them. Um, I also understand what the Browns are trying to do. They're looking long-term. Um, the Browns are almost seem like to me to kind of take an NBA approach, stacking assets um, to make a big move. Or just but they've had roster. assets. I, I will say they had assets. This is what I think Phil was said right on the thing. The, they've had assets, and what have they done? And if, that's what I'm nervous about Cleveland is that, you know, Cleveland used to be that franchise that made those kind of solid decisions, Right. Those kind of things we right. see happening in all these other places. I mean, Cleveland was a very competitive franchise, and you know they've had some people like Holmgren who you thought could bring that back. I just don't know if I'm a Cleveland fan. I it, I can't trust you because now you tell me Brandon is not, not is not the player. Well, it's a um, new regime. At what it's point a new regime, is it about? I think that's what they. But I think that that it's a new regime, and they're trying to bring in. They're trying to do stuff a little bit different. They're trying to clean house a little but bit. They like, so and they have like three new regimes. Have they had like three new regimes in like six years? No, I mean, this is a top to bottom. You, this is a top to bottom pickup. Because they got new ownership now. The, they, the got more, they, got more regime change. they got more regime change in the Middle East. It's like they got, they got the whole damn spring going on in Cleveland. Hey, Phil, tell us what's going on in the ground. CNN reporter. Hey. They got like a spring going on in Cleveland. It's like. They got more regime change than anything. Obama better start looking at Cleveland. But look at how across the border. We got stuff going on. Oh, man. Only on real sports guys. Only on real sports guys when you get an Arab spring and a Cleveland Browns. 
analogy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I want I want to close that out that conversation out. We gonna transition into the funky editorial. So I'm gonna hit it off with it real quick like this. Fellas, the one thing we need to say. Shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time. Another edition of the Funky Editorial. This week's edition, we calling it Started from the Bottom. So one thing we found out in week three is that there's a lot of 0-3 teams out there. A lot of teams sitting at 0-3, we know that once you get to 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs decrease a ton. But once you get to 0-3, good night, honey. <laughs> it's pretty much over. So <laughs> we want to take a look, though, and see which of these 0-3 squads can possibly turn it around and, and get back into the mix and put themselves into the playoffs. So, you know, anytime we talk in playoffs, we got we got to bring in my man Jim Morrow. You know, 0-3. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> I remember when that happened. I remember when that <laughs> Brother just lost his mind. Somebody asked him about playoffs. He was like, are you kidding? What? Play- Come on. <laughs> playoffs? Come on. <laughs> I love it. He just, he just looked at him crazy. Just hit him with that. So here are the teams that are right now 0-3. The Jacksonville Jaguars. We expected that. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, we didn't expect this. We didn't expect them to be the Steelers that we know, but we didn't expect 0-3. Uh, are there any Steelers fans Buccaneers. on the line? Are there any Steelers <laughs> fans on the line? I, 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 think they, I think they're on vacation. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we got like the Browns. Checking in. <laughs> right, like the Brown fans. They 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 holding out for next year. They they gonna tank. They they tanking already. Uh, we got Tampa Bay coming in at zero and three. Now, that's an interesting situation out there, man. I think Shiano may have lost. I think he may have lost his squad. But but the story. And every now and then, we give you guys stories, listeners out there. You get stories from the Renegades. We like fortune tellers. We drop stories on folks two three weeks before they happen. I was listening to Mike and Mike this morning. And lo and behold, they made the RG3 Derrick Rose comparison that I made last week on air. You know what I'm saying? So you get stuff, and, and, and PhD and D Wheels have dropped stuff before before the, the mainstream media even gets on top of it. So this is a, I'm going to drop one for you right here. This is something that's going to start to get talked about the worse and worse this Tampa Bay situation gets. It's not the coach. It's the players. It's somebody. It's something about the guy, that group of guys where they quit on coaches because they quit on Raheem Morris and they don't quit on Greg Schiano. You watch. And that's going to be the story coming out of Tampa Bay. This team, something about this core group of guys, they quit on coaches. And you can see it already. They're starting to quit on their coach. So then we got Minnesota at 0-3. We got the Giants and the Redskins at 0-3 as well. Again, those are surprises. The Giants and the Redskins being 0-3. Uh, also, Minnesota is kind of a surprise. It's a playoff team from last year that's 0-3. So of those teams, we got the Redskins, the Giants, we got the Vikings, we have Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Now we know Jacksonville ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Jaguar fans, all two of you, get comfortable, sit back, relax, get your folding chair out, cock it all the way back, lay back, 
put a pillow down and just get comfortable because y'all ain't going nowhere. Y'all going to be in the color for a long time. Now, I'm going to start with D. Wills. Which of these teams do you think has the best chance of coming out of this 0-3 start and making it to the top, making it to the playoffs? You know me, I'm always hoping my Steelers. Now, defensively, they're doing well. They don't have any answer in offense. But I think Washington, part part of it is um, they also got the Giants, and then Philadelphia doesn't know where they're going. But I think Washington, if you look at at least the the, the, the players that they have, the group of guys, they can write, and they, they start out 0-3, I believe, last year. So they know that they can do it. Um, and a lot of this is about RG3 getting healthier each year, each uh, week. And then they go to play the Raiders next week. I think they get healthy next week against the Raiders. Because they're going to be going through something out there. And then the biggest challenge they have, they play at the Cowboys. They play the Bears at home. I like the Bears, but this might be a trap game in which I think they might be a slip one against the Bears. They might lose at the Bron- at the Broncos. But, you know, given how they mature, they're the kind of thing that could give the Broncos a hard time if they can get their act together a little bit on defense. Then they play the Chargers. They play at the Vikings, at the Eagles. And they still have to play the Giants again. So I think they've done it before. I think they've probably got the best sets of tools to do it. And they're in a division where, you know, other than the Cowboys, they're going to be playing people they can they can compete against. And they can beat the Cowboys. They can, you know, they can beat the Cowboys as well. So I would say Washington – has the best chance, and then I think the next chance out of this group uh, would be uh, the Steelers. Uh, that would be the next. The rest of them got too many other problems. Uh, they all got problems because they own three, but the the rest of them, the Vikings are too competitive of a of a uh, uh, division. The Giants, they ain't got a running game, and they just out of crazy. And then um, in Jacksonville, we all know that story. Okay, all right, I, and I, I, I can I can kind of see where you're going with that. Washington, that NFC East is, you know, there's there's still a lot of there's still a lot to be decided about that division, and there are some definitely some winnable interdivision games that Washington can uh, jump up and grab and get themselves back on track. A PhD, which team are, are you counting as the one that started from the bottom and is now here? making the playoffs? The Minnesota Vikings, and I'll tell you why. Um, right now, they've, they've pretty much been in every game they've played in. Um, they're scoring a lot of points. They've put up 81 points, but they've allowed 96. Um, if you look at their net points in terms of the three games, their plus-minus in terms of points, it's only 15. And you look at a team such as the Houston Texas, uh, Texans, they're a net 12, but yet they're leading their division right now. Um, so I believe that the Vikings will get it together because their defense played a bit better. I believe Ponder is going to get better with every play that he plays um, in every game, to say the, to say the least. Um, I think they're trying to figure out how do we work in Patterson, how do we work in Greg Jennings. Um, but it, to me it comes down to they still have a really strong running game. Adrian Peterson has been, you know, believe it or not, average the first few weeks. I think he's going to get better. Um, they have an excellent kicking game. Um, uh, Walsh is, is one of the best kickers in the league in terms of distance and accuracy. 
Um, so I think when you put all that together, if their defense plays better and they continue to score at the clip that they're scoring at, you know, 25, 27 points a game, I think they're, they're going to be largely competitive. Uh, Devon made a great point that they're in a really tough division, um, but but I don't buy into the Bears quite yet. Um, so I think the Bears are going to fall back. Um, the jury's still out with the Packers, and I think um, the Vikings are going to have some opportunities to be in some really close games. And so far, they've just kind of lucked out, and I think they're going to luck into three or four wins over their next six or seven. Okay. Uh, I, I, I looked at the Vikings, and, and I thought that, you know, that's a team that could jump back into it. Like, their next three games are three winnable games. Um, I think they have uh, the Giants, uh, the Panthers, the Giants, and who's that next game? It's another game that they definitely could win. So they're in a position, I think they could wind up 3-3 three and three real fast. Let me pull it up real quick and see um, who that other game would be for the uh, Vikings. And this Cleveland game was one that they let get away. You know, and I, and yeah. I, you know they they are they are in every game. I mean, they lost by ten points. We've won one point, four points. They have Pittsburgh, they have Carolina, and then they have the Giants all next. So they got two one three teams plus a team that's still pretty shaky in their next three games before they head up to uh, before Lambeau before the Packers come into uh, the Mall of America Stadium up in Minnesota. So they could easily kind of turn it around. That's a team I kind of dig. A team that I'm going to go in a different direction than you guys, and I'm going to talk about the New York Giants. Um, and the reason I, I think New York has the best chance, again, that division is kind of mediocre. And this is a team that has been here before time after time. Uh, you know, and maybe this is the time that they don't turn on the light, that, that the light bulb doesn't go off and they don't flip the switch and things don't change. Um, Pierre Paul not being 100% doesn't help. Not having a running game. And this is probably the first time I've really seen – Eli with a shaky offensive line. Uh, the offensive line doesn't good, look good. Eli has always been a turnover machine. Um, what has helped him is he's had a running game so that he hasn't had to throw it 50 times a night. He's not a 50 times a game kind of quarterback. He's going to give up the ball at some point in some way, shape, or form. That ball is going to wind up in other teams' hands. If they can develop some sort of semblance of a running game, I think they're going to be right back in the mix. And I don't think anybody in that division is going to run away with it. The Cowboys have a ton of flaws. They, the, the shine is coming off the whole new toy that Chip Kelly rolled out. Um, and RG3 is still taking some time to get back into it. And as we know, as that RG3 goes, that's how Washington goes. Uh, Washington is only going to be as good as RG3 and as dynamic as RG3. And it's going to take RG3 a while to kind of get back to being the uh, impact player that he was until he gets 100% comfortable. He's still a side of quarterback. He's just not the game changer that he was before he hurt himself, um, before he got injured. The moment he gets back to that, then Washington becomes a legitimate threat. So I still think the Giants are in a position where if they can pick up a few wins here there, they can hang around and possibly make a move in that division. So I like all three of those picks. I think you guys are on point. Any thoughts? D. Wills, you sound like you had some thoughts you wanted to jump in. And, and, and I was going to, and I think both of you really uh, made some great points. The, the Giants, when I push back, I just don't think they have that answer to their running game, which I think was critical to them making their comebacks in years past. They went back to the basics. 
they got physical with people and ran the football. I just, but I don't know that they don't have that one-two punch they had that allows for them to get back, get their rhythm, allow for the defense. That's the one thing. I, I love what also what uh, uh, Phil said about Minnesota. And, and my thought was whoever wins this game in London, cause there's something about, you know, what allows a team to, to, to come back, to do it. There's a moment where they can get together, get away from family, get away from noise, and be able to start focusing on the basics, getting back to what they think they can do. Phil's got me convinced a little bit on the Minnesota things because I think the one mistake Tomlin might have made, he don't he doesn't make too many of them, but in their schedule, and I was nervous when I heard this, is he tried to keep the week as, uh, as kind of normal. They're going to fly there on Thursday and get there, go through their walkthrough, kind of do it and come back. And given how this going for them, and I don't think Minnesota is doing that. I think Minnesota, I'm not sure if they're flying out on Thursday. I didn't hear anything about them doing that, but this is the kind of trip, getting you away from your family, getting together, getting almost in a like a um, uh, uh, a um, preseason mode at a camp, kind of regrouping and coming back is something that could do something for a group. And I, I think if Minnesota does win, from what I think uh, Phil's talked about, the difference might be how they handle this trip and allow for them to kind of come together as a group, shake those cobwebs off, refocus away from the noise and the local media and all that stuff, and then come back in and do it. And that's why I thought for Washington, I think they go to the Raiders, like flying across the country, getting away from family, being kind of with yourself in a hotel, eating with your teammates, regrouping, being on the road in a hostile environment. Those are the kind of things that can kind of get you charged up to make a run. So, you know, I think those are the moments. I'm just wondering if which one of these teams will have that moment over these next three games. Yeah. So we're going to keep an eye out on this as the season progresses, which one of these 0-3 teams winds up kind of getting it on track, getting everything going, and, and pushing forward and finding that those, those keys to success and turning around that season. Now, I want to move into – uh, talking about our pick'em from last week, uh, we got the records. I'm keeping track, all right? So we had four games last week of those four games. Well, we had four NFL games and two college games last week. First game we had was KC Philly. D. Williams and PAZ both went KC. I went Philly, so I take the L there. We all had San Francisco. Wow, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. San Francisco and Indy. San Francisco at home. Indy pulls that one off. Those are two both interesting games. The KC at Philly game with Andy Reid coming in. The road team steals a game, uh, steals, a, steals a win in both of those games. And with the Philly, the whole Chip Kelly thing, man, it, like I said, I think the shine is coming off a little bit. And this is what my major apprehension was, and I need to see more of a larger sample size of this Chip Kelly system is that, is that it just your defense is on the field too much and it never fails with high powered offenses the defense is just underperformed you got that you could have good players and you could have a good a defensive coordinator good scheme but when you're on the field that that much it's tough it is tough um so we'll we'll continue to keep our eye out and Mike Vick man with all of those guys those guys are built to take a bunch of hits and the more plays you run, the more times you get tackled. That's just the way football goes. 
you know, if you're not, if you're running a lot of plays, that means you're getting hit. And Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun McCoy, Mike Vick are not the most durable cats in the universe. They're not the most durable cats in the league. So that one was a surprise for me because I thought Philly would come out with the home crowd and really Andy Reid coming back and put on a show. It didn't quite happen. You guys were definitely right. KC dominated that. Alex Smith, what do you guys think about Alex Smith? He he he's kind of yeah he's, he's a new doing his thing. He's a Dave bird. He's 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 a modern day Dave. Was it bird? Just consistent. Never give me love. Never give me theft. All he does is just move the chains and win. Right, right. I, I Steve, all you young Steve cats the out bird there. reference. Yeah, Steve the bird. Steve the bird. I'm like the bird. For you not so young cat. For for you not as for you cats for you young cats he's kind of like Rich Gannon. You remember Rich Gannon from the Raiders or Brad Johnson from the Buccaneers? Two super two guys who went to a Super Bowl. I think they faced off against each other. Uh, but those guys were just consistent. They just kind of hung around the league, made plays when they were starters. They made plays. They did, but they were never ever ever in the conversation of being the top dudes, being one of the best quarterbacks. And that's kind of the niche uh, Alex Smith has carved for himself in the league. Uh, then we go to San Francisco, and Indy comes in and and just beats him up. I mean, really? I mean, it's like you got beat up at your own crib, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's PAZ. What did you What did you think about that? That the the San Francisco Indy game? We all had San Francisco think, to win that one. I think San Francisco got beat up at their own crib. <laughs> <laughs> And that is not a good look, people. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know, and the thing, I mean, I'm not going to overreact. Um, yeah, It's like my middle name, but I'm not going to overreact in terms of Kaepernick. Um, I didn't buy into Kaepernick last year initially, you know, talking about Alex Smith from, you know, the segment we just went through. Um, I didn't think he should, he should have lost his job. But obviously, Harbaugh knew what he was doing. Uh, replacing him with, with Kaepernick was the was the right decision last season, and I think it's the right decision this season. Um, teams have just had more time to prepare against this guy, uh, see what he's a little bit uncomfortable with, and just you know flood him with that stuff. And I think that's what he's been seeing the last few weeks. Um, but you know, after week one and seeing this kid last season, I think he's going to be just fine. I really do. Um, so I think San Francisco will be fine. I think they're going to make the pl- – I'm trying to think. Did I say they weren't going to make the playoffs? Because the AFC West, I kind of went out there with my pick. I did. Yeah. I kind of went out there yeah. with my picks. I did. And I don't quite remember. I might have to pull it up. Uh, my computer crashed earlier this week. But – um. You know, I'll, I'll have to go, like, come back to you in terms of San Francisco in the playoffs. Okay. All right. But, yeah, with Kaepernick, I'm, I, you know, after week one, I said I was in on Kaepernick, and I still am. I'm still in on Cap. I still think he's got it. I just think, you know, he doesn't have the greatest weapons in the world. Frank Gore is slowing down as the running back, and so they can't pound it the way they did. They got to get. I think they got to get another guy in the backfield that they can trust to carry some of that load because Frank just doesn't seem to have the burst that he had. Every run play seems like he just runs into the back of the offensive line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me find the back of the line. Just run into it. So Frank doesn't look like the old Frank. And Vernon Davis didn't play this week. And Anquan Bolden teams have figured out, okay, 
that's the one playmaker. So let's 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 go ahead and slide coverage his way. And so it's, it's, he's got to, they, some more playmakers have got to step up and say, hey, we can help this team out. We, they need to find a few more weapons for Cap to work with. Um, and the and, other and thing I would is say, they're not really running a read option. Yeah. And, and I want to add is that I think defensively they're not playing physically enough. I mean, you know, they lost some key players and uh, let them go. And I don't know, I mean, defensively they don't look. It's like the beast that you used to see. Yeah, we haven't even got I mean, to the defense. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry yeah. for laughing, man. I just, I just, every time somebody talks about San Francisco defense, I just see Alden Smith's mugshot where he's looking like Eddie Kane from the five heartbeats. <laughs> 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 I like this. I wish that raindrops would fall. <laughs> five heartbeats. Great movie. If you never see it, check it out. It was like Eddie K from the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> but what did you think about that situation, D. Will? Should they have played out this mess? What I would say is I don't know if it, I don't know. I'm not sure if they should have played. You know, I think you got to think about his place, but it's the NFL, so it's, they don't they don't really consider that stuff from the beginning. They they do what they need to do to win. Uh, they're gonna try and explain it away. I think they should have probably just let him go. He didn't help him. But, you know, that's the NFL. NFL is about winning. It's about, you know, it's not about the health of the players. So I'm not going to debate that or not. Um, and it's hard to understand, you know, maybe that's something that he really wanted to do because he felt like, you know, he was letting the teammates on. But, you know, I think they he could have, they could have, they should have pulled him out of there and let somebody, the next person step up. But, you know, I don't judge that stuff. That's the NFL. It's up to Harbaugh then to make that decision. It didn't work out. So now they got to move on. Yeah. And that they do, and so will we. Um, Buffalo, New York, Jets, we all went Buffalo. I think we all went E.J. Manuel over Geno Smith, and Geno gave us the finger. <laughs> Geno said, I can play this game, and I can play this position. So the Jets pulled that one out, so we all take an L there. Then the Giants in Carolina, the New York Giants, man, the New York Giants. I just – I, wow, I picked the Giants. Y'all both went Carolina. Y'all both rode with Cam. And, whoa, <laughs> thirty-eight nothing, thirty-eight zip, thirty-eight nil. Like, hey, come on, New York. Coughlin brothers, Tom Coughlin, the coach. His brother passes away. His younger brother passes away suddenly. And this is what y'all can. This is all y'all got to give y'all, coach. You know, the band is taking y'all to Super Bowls. This is all y'all got to give them. Thirty-eight zero loss. It's hard to take, man. That's hard to take. In the college games, we all went Clemson. We all went Notre Dame. So here we are, standings. D. Wills, after a four and two week, is at nine and three. PhD, after a four and two weeks, is at eight and four. And GC, the game changer, after a two and four week, is at eight and four as well. So we all still hitting our picks pretty well. Everybody's getting two-thirds of their picks or better. So this week's games, let's go ahead and jump into these. We had Chicago Bears going into the D, into Motown to take on the Lions. We got the Eagles at the Broncos, the Patriots heading to Atlanta. And then we got the 3-0 Miami Dolphins, surprise squad, going in to take on the New Orleans Saints. Both teams are, are riding high off of victories. 
So let's go ahead and, and get this week's picks in the books so that we can keep this rolling. Uh, I'm going to start with you, D. Wills. The first game we got is Chicago and Detroit. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed uh, with Chicago and how they played. Uh, they've been playing up until this point. Uh, but I, I do think that um, that Detroit's like kryptonite sometimes in <laughs> Detroit. Um, and, I, and I think that um, – I go with Detroit in this one. I think, you know, the Bears play high. You know, Steelers are the Steelers, but it's still a good victory for them on the road. But I think they come back, they got to go on the road to Detroit. I think Detroit gets them. All right. PhD, who are you taking? Bears are alive. I'm going, with De- I'm going with Detroit as well. For some reason, I mean, Devon said it well. Detroit always seems like the Bears' kryptonite. But you go back to when Detroit had really good teams in the 80s, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, let me take a back. Let's take a step back. Whoa. You can go back when the Bears had really good teams in the 80s and the Lions were horrific with Billy Sims and, I mean, I mean, even before Barry Saunders, Sanders. For some reason, Chicago would, would always trip up with Detroit. I mean, they would split the seasons a lot of times. Uh, so I'm going to go with Detroit for that reason. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going with Detroit, too. Um, you know, especially if Reggie Bush is back in the fold. Um, I think he gives him another dimension that's hard to guard. That'll be hard for the Bears to deal with. Um, he can work the middle of the field in that cover, too. Um, that the Bears are still running. Megatron is a problem. Uh so I, I'm I'm going with Detroit as well. I think that defense is also that defensive front is also going to give that Bears offensive line. It's going to be a baptism. The Bears offensive line has been playing really well, but I think this week they're going to they're going to look like the old Bears offensive line, and Cutler's going to get hit a little bit this week. So unfortunately, I think the Bears are going to come out of this one three and one instead of four and zero. Uh, we are going Bears there. We got Eagles at the Broncos. Now Chip Kelly is taking his uh his high speed, high octane, uh high tempo offense up into the thin air. Um I'm gonna go ahead and go first with this one. I don't think that's gonna work out well. <laughs> um, this could be a track meet. I don't know which defense is gonna be on the field longer. Um that'll be the true question. When you're talking about uh looking at the Eagles high the high paced offense and then what the Broncos are doing as far as spreading the ball around, getting the ball out. Uh, Peyton Manning is playing at the highest level he's ever played at in his career, um, in my opinion. I think he's That's probably going to have one of those. Yeah, I think he's going to have one of those seasons like Brady in, uh, I think it was 2010, um, when he had when Brady had Moss and, and Welker and was, was chucking the ball all over the field and threw 50 touchdowns. I think Peyton is, is, is secretly looking to uh, go after that record. So I'm going with the Broncos in this one at home. Um, I think the Eagles put up a good fight, but I just think uh, Chip Kelly, that style, again, I don't know if it's built for the long haul. P-A-Z. I'm going against the grain on this one. I'm going with the Eagles. Um, All right. I believe that the Eagles' offense is closer to what we saw in week one. Um, I think that the more they play, the better and more efficient that they're going to get. Um, and the Broncos have to lose at some point, honestly. So uh, I'm going with the Eagles. 
<laughs> you say somebody eventually is going to drop the controller. The video game is going to get turned off. <laughs> that's right. The kids nah. playing the video game is going to go to bed eventually. Somebody's going to kick the console, PhD. <laughs> <laughs> A shot. A shot. <laughs> D-Wills, who you got, Eagles or Broncos? I just think they got. They better have a lot of oxygen tanks ready for this game. Payton uh, <laughs> is just a, he's in the zone, and I don't see nothing from the Eagles defense that's saying they're gonna do anything to slow him down. I do think it's gonna be high scoring. I think Payton might have another like a four touchdown game or five. It'll be like a forty-eight to thirty-six, but I think the Broncos will will do it. Um, I think the Eagles' offense will look good. I just think there's nothing the Eagles' defense is going to do to stop them, particularly if it's mile high. If this game was probably in Philadelphia, I might look at it differently, but in mile high, it's a tough place to win. Okay. All right. The next game we have, we have New England, the Patriots, at 3-0. and Just kind of skating by, man. They're just kind of getting it done. It's not pretty, but they're getting it done. Uh, going into Atlanta, who's at 1-2. and This is a team that everybody thought was going to be in the mix going to be one of the title contenders. They're kind of getting off to a slow start. Had a rough loss last week. PhD, who are you taking in this matchup between Tom Brady and uh, Matty Ice? I'm going with Atlanta. Uh, they're at home, and I don't know how, but they're only one and two right now. And um, the Patriots are, I don't know how, three and zero. Oh. <laughs> I, I think it's <laughs> I think at some point uh, the cream rises to the top, and I believe that the cream is the Falcons. The Falcons rise up. All right. So you're going with the Falcons. I, too, am going with the Falcons. Matty Ice is tough to be at home. Um, I think, you know, we kind of – it's week four. I think we kind of start to see who teams really are, and I think the, the Patriots kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Um, you know, Edelman's nice. Tompkins is nice. They're decent players, but I, I just I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors out there in New England, um, and they can get away with that. The, you know, Belichick has done that before with the whole smoke and mirror thing, but I think it catches up to him this week. I think Atlanta's going to be looking. Atlanta can't go one and three, and they're not going to go one and three um, at home. So I think Atlanta's going to step up and, and try and even up their record, get to two and two um, in this first quarter of the season. So I'm going with Atlanta. D. Wills, who you got? ATL, uh, yeah, I think Atlanta's got to have a signature victory. I think the timing's right at home. Um, you know, they try to get healthy. Um, they get motivated for Brady. Um, Matty Ice gets up for the challenge, and they figure out how to get the victory. All right. Then our last NFL game for our NFL pick'em, we got the three and O Miami Dolphins. Big surprise. The defense, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they they they're kind of making it happen. That, that AFC East has been pretty solid so far. Uh, Buffalo and the Jets are both way better than I think advertised at the beginning of the season. Miami is much much improved. Tannehill is really trying to put himself into that young guns conversation. And then you got the Patriots doing what the Patriots do, which is kind of finagle their way to wins. <laughs> You know, it just kind of, it kind of just get it done. In the end, it's kind of figure out a way to make it happen and get it done. So, 
we have the the Dolphins representing this division going against the Saints, who have resurrected themselves with Sean Payton returning um, back to their old ways of putting up heavy points, putting up big points, and, and now this year they're playing some deep um, with Rob Ryan, Rex's brother. Uh, the defensive the defensive coordinator out there has got the got the defense playing well. They have a th- plus thirty two point differential, so that's big for them. Um, D. Wills, who are you taking in this game? Oh, you know, I was going one direction, and then after hearing your introduction to this game, <laughs> I'm going the other direction. I'm gonna go to the Saints. I'm going to home team. You know, more and more I think about it. You know, I said this early on. I think the Rob Ryan pickup stabilizes them on defense, and then kind of just the uh, the um, kind of reemergence of them as a franchise and getting the coach back and everything else. I was going to have Miami beating them coming in. Miami's a solid team. But I, did, yeah. I, I just looked at it and I said, you know, the Saints are just tough at home, and now you give them some uh, semblance of a defense, that's going to be hard to beat. So I'm going with the Saints. Okay. All right. PhD, who are you taking? I'm going with Miami, but however, I don't have facts to back this up. <laughs> the ultimate caveat. That's it. It's not a caveat. That's the whole argument. <laughs> I was kind of in the same boat, bro. I was kind of thinking it loud, kind of leaning towards Miami. You know, I, I think they're going to give them problems. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I have to go with the Saints in the dome. Um, at home, new defense. I think if I had to pick one of these teams to go four and zero, I'd have to pick the Saints. I think Miami's cool with being three and one. I think the Saints are out to make a statement this season. Seems like they're a little bit more locked in, a little bit focused. They're kind of flying under the radar right now. People aren't really talking about them. They're not really talking about Drew Brees. And I think they kind of like that. They want to kind of sneak up on people and then ha! At the end, you're gonna see the Saints with a thirteen and three, fourteen and two record. So I'm going Saints as well. So that wraps up our. Our week four NFL pick, and we got two college games we still have to get to. Uh, you listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. We in the house. We got some NCAA football that we're going to talk. Um, fellas, Heisman watch. NCAA football there in week five. Things are starting to pick up. We're starting to get a feel for which teams are real, which teams are not real. And there's some players that have really stepped up and said, hey, I'm in the mix for a Heisman. Uh, give me a Heisman guy that you're Heisman front runner right now, D. Wills. Who who do you have out in front leading the charge for the Heisman? Well, you know, and I was looking at this, and you know, when you start getting inside the numbers again, you know, some you know people talk about a Bridgewater, but if you look at the teams he's played, he's a great quarterback, but it's the teams kind of pad the, the stats. It's, um, you know, Mariota is great out at Oregon. Um, but I think my two front runners, and then, I, you know, I've been putting a sleeper list out um, that if you've been following me on Twitter, at D. Wills, at RSG D. Wills, I got I gotta, I gotta, I got my Heisman folks who are, like, under the radar. Talk about them later. But the one I think probably has the best is Taj Boyd is one. And then uh, the other person that I've, is pretty close with him, even though he has a loss, uh, against Alabama would be Johnny Manziel. I think if you look at the way in which he's been doing his thing with the limited time he's playing, he's still doing his thing. But Taj Boyd, if you think about it, 
He played against Georgia. He's got Georgia. He's got everybody got a South Carolina State, but he's got Georgia. He's got North Carolina State, which is going to be a solid team. Um, Dave Dorn, we had Dave uh, uh, on on with us. Um, Gay Mall, he can handle, but he has no interceptions. He's played against probably out of the group we're looking at, uh, uh, probably the probably the best competition overall, and he's putting up really good numbers uh, for that. So I like him. And I like uh, uh, I like Manziel. Okay. And then my sleeper. I'll talk about sleeper later on. All right. When we, when we do, our, when we do our other Yeah. Okay. Uh, PhD. Who's your Who's your Heisman front runner right now? It's Johnny Manziel. Although the kid uh, Marietta, Marietta at uh, Oregon is looking good as well, but. You see what Manziel did, you know, 549 yards against Alabama. <laughs> I think it's just going to be tough for anybody else to top that, assuming that uh, Texas A&M, you know, doesn't lose more than another game and they end up the season, you know, before the Bulls at 9-2 and two or so. Um, I think Manziel is a clear front runner right now. Yeah, and I, I agree with both of you guys. Manziel, Mariota, I think are excellent picks. I think they're going to go a different route. Every couple of years they go a different route and they give it to a guy who has just been solid for a long time. And I think McCarron is in the mix. He's won all throughout his college career, and I think, he seems like he's positioning himself as the anti-Manziel. And so as long as Alabama holds up their end of the end of the bargain, they continue to win. And if they go on and they're playing a national championship game again, I think A.J. McCarron is going to get it, especially leading the team wire-to-wire number one. This will be, what, their third or fourth championship in five years or five or six years, something ridiculous like that. So all he's done is win at, at Alabama, I think, they're going to kind of be like, hey, you know, you you held it down for us, and we kind of want to go a different way with this award because after the whole Manziel shenanigans. So we, I think A.J. McCarron right now is the front runner in my book. Um, I think if I want to predict who's going to win it, I'm going to go with McCarron. Um, sleepers. D. Wills, I know you got a sleeper. I, I'm guessing me and you probably got the same sleeper. So who's your sleeper, D. Wills? We, we, you know, I got my list out there, but the one I have, people don't feel like I'm a homer. Uh, but my 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 man yeah, Melvin yeah, Gordon III. Yeah, we got the same guy. His brother, man. And, 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 he he runs. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's got the games coming up uh, through the end of yep, the season. Yep. If, particularly this one this weekend. If they can go to Ohio State to Columbus, and he can have a big game and they can win, that's gonna put him in the hunt. And he's got more big games as the season goes on. Uh, moving towards but I think this is make or break. I think this week is make or break. Yeah. I think if he, 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 he puts himself in the conversation or he yeah. takes himself out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that sleeper with Melvin Gordon. What other sleepers do you have? Well, um, the, the young man, uh, Hunley, whatever his name is, out of UCLA, is an interesting yeah, guy. He, he, he hasn't had the games. He had the Nebraska game. But I think there's going to be some games 
if he can put his stuff together, he might become he's dynamic enough. The capture, the only problem is he's out west. But I like when you see him play, he's dynamic enough and he got the kind of coach, the system that's gonna try and put him out there and pub him a little bit. Um a little bit. And you know, he squares off against Oregon, he does his thing, he gets funky on him like you know, y'all, if you old school people, he, if he does a Ricky Foggy on him, he's a Pee Wee Herman in the end zone. Ricky Foggy, Minnesota, y'all know y'all too old, y'all too young for that. That kind of quarterback, he got that kind of funk in his game. Okay, okay. So those are some of your sleepers. All right, make sure you follow D. Will on Twitter. He's dropping his Heisman sleepers on a regular. You know, he's giving you that that preview. You know, Kevin Gardner, he was pumping him up earlier in the season. We'll see if he can kind of climb back into the races, into the race. He's got a chance. Um, I, I had to drop him about... because he disappointed me live. That's the only reason. I'm, I'm going to give you love, Jeff, <laughs> if you come back, baby. <laughs> that, the Akron game, boy, I was there. Yeah, it hurt my eye. Man, Michigan is good. Michigan is good for one of those every now and then. We know this. We know this. This is this is documented. Um <laughs> But I want to transition and talk about the NCAA has come out and said they're going to ease back on some of the uh, scholarship restrictions that they've placed upon Penn State. Uh, PAC, do you think this is a good move on the NCAA's part? I'm torn. I really am. Um, Because as despicable as the acts and the cover-up was, um... I still have a hard time with the NCAA penalizing a school and kids um, that weren't even there when all this happened. Uh, A lot of these kids were in junior high. So in some regards, I think the NCAA has looked at um, the penalty, and I think they're figuring out that, um, you know, maybe they were a bit too harsh based on the actual evidence that they had. Um, so, yeah, I'm still really mixed on it. I really am. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of the same boat as you. Uh, I think it, it, it's a step in the right direction. Um, I mean, monetarily, for me, for me, the decisions that were made to cover up the whole all of the atrocities that happened at Penn State were made to protect the bottom line. And I think that's where you need to attack them, is with their bottom line, with the dollars. That's where you need that. That's why the decisions were made to protect the brand, which was so that they could bring in more money. Attack the money. Don't attack the kids. You know, again, we the, the, the athletes in this situation always kind of wind up carrying the torch for what happened before them, which is just unfair. So I'm I'm okay with loosening it up. Um, I, I definitely was one who said they had to do something, and not that they had to do something because of actually what happened at Penn State, but because they've done stuff, they've, they've come down on people for way less. And so if you're going to be consistent for consistency's sake, if you're going to be wild, you know, if you're going to throw wild pitches, then just go full out Mitch Williams and throw wild pitches all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, if that's what you're going to be on, you be on that on the regular. And so that was my main thing, is that it would be hypocritical for them not to come down on Penn State when they've come down on, on cats for selling jerseys and getting tattoos and trading stuff for tattoos and people's moms getting houses. 
and then an athletic department is used as a conduit for criminal activity uh, against children, and you you ain't got nothing to say. You definitely got to have something to say about that. So that was my whole point, but that's beside the point. At this point, I think loosening up on some of the restrictions, I think, is appropriate. Um, Penn State is, is is hemorrhaging money <laughs> right now. If you kind of kept track of some of the settlements that they've made, and for me, I think that's appropriate. Penn State, I think, is handling the situation well. Also, um, I think Penn State is doing their due diligence and doing their part to try and make amends as best they can, um, given that you can't take away the trauma that folks have experienced. But I think they're cooperating, and they're trying to, again, they're trying to make amends uh, as best they can as an entity and as a university. And I and I and I can commend Penn State and and the higher ups there for trying to deal with the situation in a dignified and, and, and allowing some dignity and, and some class uh, to be maintained for the victims. So I'm okay with that, man. I'm okay with it. D-Wheels, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think y'all covered it. And, and, you know, like anything, you know, can you come back and can you see improvement and can you reevaluate later? Um, and I think the NCAA should be doing that more often. Um, and I agree with you. I think they need to think about the penalty, and I love the penalty around the bottom line. You know, the penalty, if you really want to hurt them, is picking a percentage of the revenue and using that to support victims, kids, causes um, in a way, hit, hit people in the pocket, let the kids play, you know. And I think those are the kind of things that, that, that need to happen uh, around this. But I, I do agree. I think the program's handled well. Um, I think Coach O'Brien's handled it well. I had a chance to kind of watch some of their all-access. I think he's handled it well. I think the, the players there have handled it well, um, the university. Um, I think part of this is that the Penn State people brought some of it on themselves because they just couldn't take the blinders off. It's, that's what happens sometimes when you just blindly follow. Um, but I, I think that if, if you were to say, we're going to be in this place in terms of how the university is going to get itself going and how the program. I think you need to reevaluate and and be able to do it. I think they've had more than enough time um, that they've been hit with it. And I mean, and this is going to take time to even for them to get back up to where they need to be um, right away. But you know, I think it's worth evaluating, checking in to see. And I think if they feel like all the all the the, the controls are in place and you can come back in and reevaluate it. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, and I had, actually I applaud the agility of the uh, NCAA for once, of not mm-hmm. being locked into this archaic uh, way of, of handling these kind of situations um, and being able to actually be flexible and look back and say, hey, you know, we see what you're trying to do. That's what we want, you know, instead of just punish, punish, punish saying, hey, we want you to clean things up. That's the ultimate goal. We want y'all to clean things up. We want y'all to make amends. And if y'all are doing that, then we can ease back as well because ultimately that's our goal. That's what we want to see happen. So I think I think that's a good move on their part. Um, now I want to transition into talking about the uh, games that we have on slate for this week. You're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSU Renegade Radio. We're talking NTA football. About to give you our two pick'em games uh, for college football week five. The first game we have is the University of Wisconsin, ranked number 24, uh, going into Columbus, taking on the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Melvin Gordon, if you haven't heard of this dude, one of the best backs in the country, 
This brother is averaging, averaging a first down every time he touches the ball at running back, all right? Every time he gets a handoff, he's giving you 11.8 yards of pop. Sickening, just sickening. And, you know, D-Wills and I, we're here in Wisconsin. You know, we get to watch this dude, and this dude is good. I mean, this dude is good. He just needs a stage. So if he performs the way he's been performing, and the competition hasn't been amazing. I will I will definitely chalk, up, chalk that up. This is his first chance to really show everybody that he is what he's shown himself to be. And if he does, he, he pushes himself right into the highest race, especially if they win the game. If they don't win the game and he doesn't perform well, he takes himself right out of it. On the other side, you got Ohio State coming in. Braxton Miller's supposed to be coming back. A little bit of quarterback controversy brewing with Kenny Guyton. He was balling. He was balling. He was holding it down while Braxton Miller got better. Um, Braxton Miller's a great athlete, but throwing is not really his thing. Uh, Guyton can toss the ball around the field a little bit, though, and he can still do it with his legs. So uh, Urban Meyer has uh, some explaining to do. Um, if this goes bad and Braxton comes back and he doesn't play well, they're going to have a full-out controversy on their hands at Ohio State, which potentially, if it's not handled well, derail what could be a championship season for the Buckeyes. So let's get our picks in for this particular game. I'm going to start with you, Ph.D. Who do you got, Wisconsin or Ohio State? I'm going with the Buckeyes, man. Uh, Cats cats have, have forgotten a bit, but Urban Meyer has not lost a game yet since he's been the Ohio State coach. And, um, you know, I I just like what he's done in big games in terms of matchups. Um, you know, one could argue that they weren't tested last year, um, but I think playing in a horseshoe is just going to be a bit much for Wisconsin. I'm still very unsettled on Wisconsin's um, quarterback situation and ability to move the ball through the air. And I think that Ohio State defense, man, is getting better and better, and they're gonna have a, they're gonna have something for White in uh in the so-called Heisman Trophy, um, uh, dark horse on Saturday. All right. Um, D. Wills, who you got in this game? I, I, I got Wisconsin. I, I, I'm looking for the upset. I'm, I'm doing Road Warrior stuff this weekend at Big This is and this will be an upset. But I, I think um, uh, people are going to see that the Wisconsin defense is heading in the right direction, and you're going to see improvements on this defense over the next few years. But they got a, they got a, a solid linebacking core. I think that you know, and they're not scared to play in Columbus. They they put up really good games in Columbus, um, and many of those guys on defense were part of those things. Offensively, I think you know they got three running backs. And we we talked about the main one. They got three coming at you, um, and so it's going to come down to Stavi making those throws. Um, he's going to have to hit some of those, um, and but I think he'll make them. I, I think the coaches will be working on. He'll be a little bit sharper, um, but I think that running game is that running game, and I think they're going to surprise the Buckeye defense, which is a great defense. But I think they're going to be able to run the ball, and this is always a great game. This is always a great game, um, and Urban's got to lose sometime, and I think. This is the week he loses. It's at home, at the crib. It's the right way. This is the week he loses. And then he might go on another streak. Yeah, um, 
I'm going. I'm going Ohio State as well. Um, I I I just Stave bothers me. <laughs> as much as I like the three-headed monster in the backfield with Wisconsin, Ohio State's going to load up to stop the run. They're going to make Stave throw the ball, and the receivers in Stave with Wisconsin just I don't trust them. I don't think they have the the firepower on the perimeter to really get into a shootout. The D is better, but unless Braxton Miller comes out and he's just totally rusty. I mean, like, bike chain, old bike chain, 10-speed, Schwinn Rusty. Um, I think Ohio State's going to gonna wind up winning this game. Um, the next game I want to go to, I'll pick this one first. We got LSU at UGA. Um, I like I'm, – I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going on the road. I'm going LSU. Um, I'm going to Tigers to take this one. This is the most balanced LSU team. I've seen since Les Miles has been there. They've always been run heavy, but uh, Mettenberg can toss the ball around the field, and Aaron Murray just doesn't just doesn't do it for me in big games. Um, he struggled. I like Gurley though. Um, I think he's a he's a tough tough runner. I just that, that LSU defense, man. It, they like Miami back in the early 2000s, where they just reload on the defensive side, they send a bunch of dudes to the pros, and they, then they bring in a bunch of sophomores and freshmen who are just, just as beastly and all will be headed to the pro as soon as they get get their three years uh, three years in. So I'm going LSU. Uh, PhD, who you got in this one? I'm looking at Georgia, man. I like them at home, and – you know, I think this might be the closest, best game to watch if you have limited time to watch a game this weekend because I think these teams are so evenly matched. Um, I'm I'm not as high on LSU as you are, uh, Marcus, this year. Um, and, and I actually do think Georgia's quarterback is uh, the real deal. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it this spring, but I think he might be one that, that can make some noise in the NFL next year. Okay, all right. D-Will, your pick. has broken their fans' hearts too many years in a row. Is that game that you just say they should win, that they fold like wet noodles? They hard for the Beto, but then on the other side, you got the Mad Hatter. He might go off for 4th and 5 in his own territory when he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one that could drive everybody crazy. Don't bet no money on it. Not your house on it because you're going to lose it. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Mad Hatter because I can already see the scene. He's going to walk in and he's going to have the cats behind him. He's going to be holding them behind You know how he holds them back? That's right. And, and he holds yeah. them back. He just holds them back. He waits and he got that look. And this is this is the moment he relishes. This is He loves these games and he finds a way to win them. He got a love-hate relationship with those Tiger fans. They love to hate him and they hate to love him. <laughs> and, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. But I think this is the one that he's gonna win. He's gonna do his thing. It's LSU. You know, just don't put no money on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> both of these teams in big games. <laughs> I'm just telling you, don't put no money on it. <laughs> Don't put no money on it. <laughs> you know, bet the words money. Never spoke. The wise words money. were never spoken right there. Yeah. 
Why? Don't put. So you think don't put no more than your golf money on it. <laughs> so you got LSU in this one. Yeah, LSU, man. All right. So that does it for our pick six this week. Uh, now we want to finish up, pay a few bills real quick before we close out the show. So I'm going to drop this on you one time. Now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upgrade technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right, fellas. Dog of the week. We'll start with Mandy Wills. We need more dogs. You know, I, I was gonna go um with uh with 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 Peyton uh with Peyton Manning, but I, you know, I grew up uh, as a, a a Pirates fan. We are family. Same with Willie Stars or Tim Foley. Uh, Dave Parker. You gotta explain. You gotta explain this one day, man. How you w- grow up in the Michigan, in Michigan, and you wind up rooting for all these Pittsburgh teams. You gotta, you gotta break that down one day, because unless your, unless your daddy's somebody got some Pittsburgh roots, how'd you get fan? How'd you get fan rights to Pittsburgh? <laughs> I, I, I will explain that. We, we'll do that probably next. We have to do that next week. I'm gonna explain that uh, the journey. And I, I do like the Tigers, but there's something about Pittsburgh. But I got to say, the dog of the week for me is Pirates. Because all of us have known the Pirates have just been dismal for so long. They've built that great stadium. Pittsburgh is a great sports city, and they couldn't deliver a winner. And then you just thought, well, maybe they're just not going to make the playoffs this year. Something's going to bomb, going to fall out. But they, they clinched, believe, their playoff spot. And so I want to, I have to, I was going to talk about Peyton Manning, but I have to go to the Pirates. For those pirate fans out there who've been waiting for a long time, this is for you. All right. So, Pirates, dog of the week, they're in the playoffs. PAZ, my man. We need more dogs. I'm going to Marco Murray, 175 yards against St. Louis. He looked good, and um, he helped me pull out a victory in fantasy football. So, Thank you, Mr. DeMarco Murray. <laughs> that was one of my right. contenders, too. <laughs> Good one. Hey, and, and, and quiet as kept, you know, we we got on PhD about um, his, his – his, oh, no, was it D. Wills who was on the – which one of y'all was on the Cowboys at the beginning of the season? I was on the Cowboys, boy. Y'all, 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 you smoke crack, Yeah, we kind of got, <laughs> got on him. We kind of got on him. This one, this one, this one you talking about? You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> It's both cracked, don't you? <laughs> that, that was a drop. Y'all dropped that on me hard. Woo. So, you know, they, they finally decided to give the ball to, to Murray last weekend. And he he he, he, pro- he showed improved, man. He he put in work and he did his thing. 
so hats off to DeMarco Murray, PhD, giving him his dog of the week. My dog of the week goes to uh, Arizona Cardinals, Rashad Johnson. You know, I this is a oh. story, man. I had to turn off my radio. I had to turn my, I had to turn station, man. They was talking about this brother's finger and how he took off his glove and his finger came off and the bone was exposed and all this other stuff. And I was just like, yo, man, how, why are you, why are you playing football? <laughs> like, why would you, why are you still playing with your finger cut off? You didn't know? I mean, how do you not know? I mean, just the level of pain in which you have to be able to withstand and the mindset you have to be in to have a finger actually be severed and continue to actually just play a game. Is <laughs> is just that that's that's doggish right there. We talk about what a dog is. That's getting it done, man. That's that's getting it done. That's staying after it. That's locked in. That's focused. That's a dog move right there, man. Playing with a seven finger, having your bone exposed. One, that's just nasty. <laughs> that's yeah. nasty to think about, man. You know, I get the I get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about. It. Like I said, I had to turn my radio off. Because I'm like, okay, y'all going to keep talking about this, man. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know? Yeah, he said it was like a hammer hitting him on the finger, and he couldn't do anything about it. That's the kind of pain that felt throbbing. I'm like, ooh, yeah, leave it alone. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's, that's gangster right there. So, hats off to him. This wraps up another edition of The Real Sports God, RSG, The Renegade. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you download the podcast, realsportsguys.com. We're here every Tuesday night from 8.30 to 10. Make sure you check us out. We're also on Twitter, at the Game Changer, at RSG Game Changer, at RSGD Wills. You got to get PAC on, on, on to the Twitter thing, man. That's where we keep the line. We keep it popping. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you check us out. You can also check us out at, at RSG Real Sports Guys. So, Make sure you're following. Make sure you download the podcast. Catch you next week. Same time, same place. Peace.